What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
What's going on, Recon? I hope you're well. It's yours truly, Jeff White Bear Kingsbury here. Welcome back to another episode of Strange Recon right here on the boob tube. Give me one second. I've been trying to get off the phone with this person. They won't listen to me. Tell them, Recon. Tell them the show has started. It's now 10 a.m. on the East Coast here. Dylan, I'll see you later. If you want to listen, go to go to YouTube. Strange Recon. I'll talk to you later. See you. Bye. See you. See you. Thank you. I'll, I'll hit you back up. All right, Recon. Oh. <sighs> It's been one of those days, one of those mornings. I woke up and saw a bunch of shit, and I thought, something must be going on. Let's investigate. And I tried to investigate, and I recognized that it wasn't exactly what I thought, but are the believers preparing? Are the, and I say believer, not as an insult or anything, but are the folks that have been pushing for disclosure about to head out to the street and have a goddamn dance party, a parade? Are they about to celebrate with a viral video sensation, some sort of maybe fucking dance thing they're gonna all gonna do? What is I don't know, but it turns out that a bunch of people that have previously blocked me on Twitter have unblocked me. Right around the same time, they all start sharing things like it's happening. We're gonna get the massive file dump. John Greenwald Jr., you're about to be out of business, you jerk. That type of thing, you know? So I look, I look, I look. What do I see? I see, of course, uh, politicians saying that they're going to do a massive dump of UFO files. Well, that's what the headlines say. That's what the headlines say. So we're kind of going to skim over that briefly and see if we can get some more accurate information. I don't have much on it until right, I'm just discovering it right now. But um, on that journey to see what everyone was talking about, I noticed that those same individuals, why well, I haven't seen them in a long time because I was blocked or something. I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, completely forgot that I, who these people were, just clicked on it and thought, you know, um, <clears throat> oh yeah, I recognize this dipshit. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I see what they were posting. And since they were posting things that, that are just as inaccurate as, as, uh, as, you know, an India Times headline about something Lou Elizondo said, it's time to get into some more of those crazy claims and just, as a great harvester of bullshit, you know me. Uh, some of those things, of course, being, uh, um, you know, with possible UAP technology, we now may start, we may, <laughs> I mean, I really saw this on Facebook, um, with, with UAP technology, we may be able to fly over the Arctic and the Antarctic. With UAP technology, we may be able to create things as good as the pyramids. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of stuff that could come, you know, with this possible disclosure. Well, I, I still ask everyone every day I come on here recently and I ask you, what is UAP technology? Uh, so we're going to not only are we going to discuss some of the claims we're going to discuss a little bit of this file dump we might see. Of course, um, some of the things like make with the information by 2040, that type of stuff. Um, and by the time uh, we get to the end of that, we should be able to uh, break away uh, or cut away some of the some of the fat, uh, the nonsense, the bullshit. What, with UAP technology, we're going to be able to fly over the Antarctic now. <laughs> U- UAP technology is like a warm Louisiana breeze. On a cool fall night. <laughs> Yo, Lord Ludacris, thank you very much for the show ramen noodles. 
Uh, awesome show, Jeff. Thanks for making mornings uh, better. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for even supporting the show. Uh, Lord Ludacris, big time for you. You already helped out so much over here with all the information, great information, research, routes of research. And I hope to hear more from that guy you've been talking to about the uh, the guy with it that spent time with the shock wind tunnel. That'd be pretty sweet, huh? Imagine having yourself your own mock, like 1.5 wind tunnel and just getting to screw around with it. That would be just crazy. I think I'd focus on like bringing America a shrouded supersonic helicopter blade that's quiet. I don't know. Of course, that's already out there. But either way, um, that, that that guy's story is pretty interesting. I hope I hear more about it. Everyone out there on the YouTube side, you know the deal over here. We take a kind of hard line. No different than any other uh, person that's been studying the field for a long time. Uh, you can go from one corner of this kitten-shaped holodeck planet uh, over to Australia, and you can hear um, fairly, you know, not fairly, I'm, when I'm a guy who's always been, I've always, always had my respect. People like Keith Basterfield and things like that will tell you 95% of ex uh, experience, um, our sightings are misidentified, but that does leave the, you know, fairly high information, yet still unidentified 5%. Not going to put any labels on it, but that does give us something, right? Even if it's something cool like being a part of discovering some sort of, you know, fucking plasmoid that discovers you know the, the organic molecules in the atmosphere and acts as if it's clump i don't know what that either way it would be pretty cool to be involved with it um but you know you can go to the other you can, you can go to the united states or anywhere else and they're gonna tell you the same thing the 95 percent of sightings are explainable so do not be upset if i use words that are very broad like this is all bullshit especially when someone tries to flip it around and say it's actually 95 were the right ones five percent of the time people were seeing helicopters balloons birds planes you know lightning meteorological phenomena if they were fucking seeing uh you know the earth crashing into debris in space no 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 no. that's bullshit and no matter what they try to do to convince you of it it is not the truth the paranormal as in sometimes observed or even known about uh phenomena is still in the vast minority and very rare that's why that's why it is what it is that's why it's unexplainable um but either way um you know looking at to what what they're claiming that they're going to release these ufo files and whatnot and you have to say to yourself there's there's almost no way that these ufo files are going to be that five percent this you, you just got to keep your head wrapped around that there's almost it's almost impossible that the idea that the ufo files that they're about to release are going to be the the five percent <laughs> that it's going to be so mysterious that everyone's just going to be scrambling it's it's not going to be the case these files are going to be no different these people that are investigating they were investigating a lot of these things before we even had the tech that allegedly makes it so they're you know impossibly um or they're 100 uh, you know right about what they're saying but ultimately speaking the, the investigators the, the the retired people from the air force and whatnot the people that have spent all their lives as uh, uh, private investigators of the topic or data aggregators themselves that have applied even the slightest bit of uh of uh, software to what they've uh, gathered over the years will tell you that it seems just anecdotally they'll tell you even before the software that 95 percent is explainable and it's not that that number is not going to change it is like well you know we're, we're only talking about cases where military pilots run into things, and therefore, this is the 5%. No, no, no. The pilots are well within that 95% too. We're not talking about a specific group is different. That 95% is stretched across all groups on planet Earth. Could one group have better glasses on than the others? Yes. But does the number change? I really doubt it. 
I really doubt it. And it seemed to be, uh, you know, sta- staggeringly obvious over all the years uh, if you study the topic uh, long enough. So we'll get into a little bit of Keith Basterfield. We'll get into a little bit of that 95%, of course, as to what it means. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, we'll flash back and forth to some other stuff. We got an article here uh, about uh, Lockheed Martin's new uh, inflatable Habs, and all I can think is Bo uh, Bigelow suing NASA. <laughs> That's all I can think of. And the same story we tell her all the time: like, why would NASA want to work with Bigelow anymore if they get sued by them? Of course, NASA might have been at fault at one point, but what happens? Why don't just go with a long-term partner like Lockheed to do the exact same thing? We see Lockheed is assembling, you know, um, deep space, high-pressure Habs, you know better than Bigelow's now. And if you look at Bigelow's complaint, they were handing over data to NASA the whole time. Now this co-project with Lockheed and NASA, it just seems like the same old story. Now, I don't blame Bigelow for wanting to sue, but it did remind me of the story. So let me tell you all the time about how uh, Bob Bigelow once sued NASA for a million dollars. And we'll chat a little bit about that. And a little bit about little little information about the engineering behind these Habs that are going to go up there with the uh, and a video of them blowing up under pressure. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, what else are we going to talk about as a grand harvester of the nonsense? Oh, that's right. We must talk about, of course, that uh, aliens on the moon. Aliens on the moon. Now, if you if you're if you if you go to Facebook and you join one of these groups that are like UAP disclosure now or something like that or UAP whatever now UAP whatever it doesn't know you know the alien disclosure now you'll see it's a, a trend anything that looks remark or, or similar to something on Earth must be a place where uh, where aliens live. Well, I gotta ask you: Do you, do you think that the that the uh, moon is habitable for alien life? Just off anecdotally speaking, off what you know from your own science experience, planetary sciences, maybe you got a telescope in the backyard. Maybe you like to look at the mountains of the moon and think, one day I'm going to hike on those mountains. I'm going to call it Mount Baldy. Mount Baldy. (laughs) What did Yule Brenner's wife do last night? All right, that's an old one. A little too old for this audience. Um, But uh, seriously, uh, the, the very idea that people are looking at um, pictures of Mars and the moon and saying there's caves on there. We really have to check those caves out for alien life. I mean, there there's probably going to be plenty of revelations along the route, but a lava tube does not equate to life. I don't know where this is coming from, but it's another one of these things I feel like we should address to some degree because there are there is some sweater weather on the moon, if you believe it or not. There's just like in the Antarctic, there's places you can basically live all year long in a t-shirt if you really wanted to be 64 degrees uh 64 degrees and glowy with no wind i mean this place is like that on the moon believe it or not and so it's worth at least giving some background some context to what the hell um you know how any of this was even known about and 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 possibly even sticking a uav down there we know we love bots we love droids drones uavs unmanned vehicles pilotless machines whatever the hell else you know and so to see that NASA is planning to drop a little cave explorer down into one of these things in the near future, well, we got to learn about it. So we'll chat about that. We'll chat about this, this, that, and the other thing, what it is, what it ain't. Um, 
I got to read this article, this headline right before we start the show, but this is a real headline. This is a real headline from 2023. Ready, folks? And I'm not kidding when I say this is real. This isn't a joke. I know all I do is joke around. Everyone takes me, whatever. But this is a real headline. Let me read you a headline from the enterprisenews.com. The enterprisenews.com. Get ready. History Channel heads to Bridgewater Triangle to investigate a Native American curse. That's a real headline from 2023. Don't worry, though, guys. Hey, don't worry, though, guys. They sent Travis Taylor and a CIA intelligence analyst to go figure out a Native American curse. What in the fucking Civil War title is that shit? What year is it? They went to go hunt a Native American curse? Who, with Harrison Ford? Dr. Jones! All right, I'll be right back. Welcome to Strange Recon. I am here to discuss the so-called flying saucer. You out of your f***ing mind. It is nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, which we, we both knew differently. Now, I saw that. I don't give a goddamn what anybody else says about it. I saw that on film. Phil clasped and kissed my ass. He wasn't there. I was. When you know all the names in every language of that bird, you know nothing but absolutely nothing about the bird. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. All right, my weirdos. All right, my friends. <clears throat> Let's just do ourselves a favor here and be honest with ourselves all along the way. Uh, the History Channel, the History Channel sets off uh, in their epic journey across America to visit "quote unquote" hotspots, and one of them being the "quote unquote" Bridgewater Triangle. Let me give you a little refresher, my friends and weirdos, because even the article can't get it right. Um, according to the article, it was named Bridgewater Triangle by a guy named Lauren Coleman in his uh, 19 Queef whatever book. But it's not the case. The original newspaper article himself, Lauren Coleman, states he got the name from locals who jokingly called it the Bridgewater Triangle based off of the crazy shit they were hearing from the Bermuda Triangle throughout the years. Now, a lot of stuff started happening down in southeastern Massachusetts all at the same time, and hysteria formed. There were people seeing weird stuff. Even an African cat's head was found at one point. Uh, it didn't match the reports, though, which was pretty strange now i can't tell of course if it was of course it was extreme embellishment of the of the cat but either way an african cat's head was found at the time where they fucking were claiming there was a large cat snatching up things and running through the woods um <clears throat> but there was many things going on out there one of the things that you must note is that the entire area is a swampland there has been one phenomena that yours truly has witnessed and it, you know people that i've been friends with uh fairly close that have not interested in the paranormal whatsoever um you know i've reported seeing and you know all of the settings in this area are right for for anything like this there's all there's there's interesting bits of heat and cool air pockets of that uh rising from the ground the whole area is an active swamp thermal swamp um it's uh it's covered in magnetic stone under the ground on top of the ground uh you know there's uh there's just like Skinwalker Ranch, there was uh, there was a for some reason this specific area 
though, you know, I've been told by historians and, and geologists that the reason why this area is chosen, the Bridgewater Triangle, the Hockamock Swamp, if you notice my Twitter tag is right there. That's because that's where I'm working at it, baby. Um, it's, uh, they say that, uh, this is held on by duct tape, by the way. They say that um, that uh, the natives chose this area because from Hull, Massachusetts, down to Plymouth, all the way to, I'm sorry, down to about, you know, the canal pretty much. Um, uh, all the way to uh, Fall River, even as even close to Providence, used to flood dramatically back in the day. And because of that, the natives had had chosen an area that was very, had a very interesting hydrogeologic uh, activity that usually stayed. It was wet all year long, but would stay drier when it flooded. Does that make any sense to you? I don't understand. The place acted like a giant pump, and the natives chose that area. Another reason the natives chose that area seemingly was because they believe that's where their gods lived. And I know that sounds ridiculous because, you know, natives is a huge, is a broad term and it's kind of, uh, you know, pejorative, whatever that, whatever that goddamn expression is that, uh, the idea that I'm just going to blanket call everyone, one people when they weren't. Uh, but you know, like I've said a million times in the show, there are people that came here and started saying to the natives that were, you know, kind to them and traded with them and vice versa. Uh, you know, what's the deal? Tell us about your history. And they started documenting it. They took them to their mounds where their dead were buried. They thought it was remarkable that the people could walk. There's no GPS. And the people just knew their way around all of New England. People that never even had been there before had heard and known the paths and route to take their entire life because almost like a pilgrimage was a part of all of their culture. And one of the things that Henry David Thoreau wrote down was that they that they loved to go to these places and, and they talked about these things that were like the English whisper willow, whisper wisp willow. What did that fucking mean? Willow wisp, and it would uh, you know come flying through the woods, and uh, and that and that is what I've experienced right here. Now, is it a natural phenomena of something with Earth? You know, shit going on both under the ground, on the surface, and in the air, in the atmosphere? I would probably guess so. I also think there's things in the area right here, and they've been in the area here for 50, 60 years, that would suggest there's also maybe a little bit of uh, of, of, of influence from uh, from humans that might be making it worse or so causing something. There's high-tension um, uh, power lines not too far away, and someone has seen that same phenomena occur almost like going down the power lines, like a, like, like a transformer is partially exploded and a plume of, uh, of, of blue uh, flame shoots out of the top and then races down a power line, except these came off the power line, flew around a house, stood still, went crazy, different colors flashing all over the place. You know, one of the reasons why I truly believe that it was a plasma or at least something it's affecting in the environment is because just use your eyes. This is not, this is, this is day one scientific stuff. I mean, if you can look at something and say, Hey, it's burning this color. Now it's now 200 uh, or a thousand feet higher than it was before. Now it's this color. Now it's a thousand feet looking higher than it was before. Now it's this color. That's an obvious interaction with the environment of what it's burnt. What's what's what it's encountering. What is what is burning? What's it combusting? Whatever the hell is going on, it's an obvious sign that's the case. It's something physical. Well, that is exactly what occurs here at, at in the swamp. So you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say that any, you know, uh, you know, anything other than paranormal being possibly natural. Um, and I, 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 I'd really, I'd really, I swear to God, I have this really huge just like it's just so it's it's an obvious feeling inside like it's so obvious that that someone is going to discover something 
that that um regardless of the embellishment the lies the hoaxes the misidentifications there is going to be a natural phenomena discovered that truly does um everything from equilibrium to uh you know bewilderment and i think in that in that time frame of confusion and possible influence from the environment people in their mind literally are like what the fuck who took who shut the projector off fill in the blank and and you know that type of thing happens all the time i mean for gosh sakes i once not too long ago ran out of my bedroom to chase what i thought would have been a fucking i i've shared the story of the show before but i found, i discovered a mouse holding a knife <laughs> i literally was like the sound coming out of this kitchen i moved into moved into this old farmhouse i i i i i i, I, I convinced myself that something actually spe like special was going on because like there was just no way it was real. I think that the human mind can do that so fast. You don't even have time to stop and pause. Only the best of the best of us can be like, oh, bullshit, and walk right at that crazy flashing light that's sitting just feet over the pond. And in my sense, I literally ran into the kitchen being like, all right, where's the ghost? And then sure enough, it was a fucking uh, a, a mouse dragging a knife away. I had a mouse. Anyways, uh, but that same thing that just the just the just the very idea of um, an executive function knowing that it might shut off. That's as far as I'll go because I don't know enough. But just imagine there was a, there was a natural effect that happens here on Earth that could in, that could mess with your executive functions, like for instance, your co being conscious, and so you're still fully awake, you're still standing upright, nothing else has gone through the same procedure to shut down like you were going to sleep, but your body is forced into a state and it could be from a fucking millisecond to maybe a few minutes. I don't know. I don't know. But I have the sneaking suspicion that we're going to discover that about an area like this because it's just been reported so many times by people that aren't interested in anything weird, you know? Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I have my hopes that that will explain it and not everything is just simply going to stay cryptic and mysterious in, in, in a sense forever. I mean, I did witness some pretty radical stuff right here in the swamp, including not too long ago, which just was light phenomena. So, you know, I, I hope it's something real. Um, is Travis Taylor and Andy Bustamante going to be the ones to figure it out? What, when they're launching rockets at fucking butterfly nets and stuff? With Travis Taylor's bad acting, you think they're going to crack this nut over here? Dude, Travis Taylor sucks. I'm sorry. He 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 he's such a bad performer. He's even bad for reality unscripted television. Like like if I was a producer on Hunt for the or the 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 mystery of whatever the hell, Skinwalker Ranch whatever, one of the first things I would do is send that jackass to an acting school. It is so he he I mean, I don't know if it's on purpose because it would be it would be beautiful if it was on purpose, but like you can't even take the shit he's saying seriously because his voice in general is so absurd. No one talks like that. Not a single person on the planet talks like that. Everyone knows the producer just said something to you and you're trying to say it back the way they said it to you. It's so fucking terrible. It's so bad. Could you imagine this person at one of the oldest known alleged paranormal sites in the world? Uh, and, and of course, they drop in lines like a native alleged Native American curse making people hallucinate there. It's just a fucking duck. It's so infuriating. First off, the Native Americans are still here. Mashpee Res is right down the street. Mashpee Wampanoag. 
Algonquin, Algonquin natives live all over New England. I know it seems like they're all gone, but turns out they're still here. And a lot of them don't buy into that stupid, my blood percentage is anything bullshit, which is a, a completely ludicrous idea. Uh, are, are you, uh, hey, yeah, uh, my grandfather's black. What percentage? You only hear that for one group of people on the planet Earth. Oh, yeah, my, my grandmother spent uh, 40 years living in China. I think I might have some Chinese in me. Oh, yeah, what percentage of Chinese are you? What other race do you hear that for? Anyways, but uh, the Mashpee uh, natives are still here. I wonder if they're going to go talk to them, and I wonder if they're going to find one of them that is willing to say fucking anything. That's why people like, uh, well, I'm not going to say their name, but, you know, I've, I've asked them to come on the show, and other people have been friends with them and asked them to come on the show, but they won't come on. They literally make posts after they watch my episodes. It's like, I don't, I, I, I you better be careful, because don't go to a tribe and ask one person. And expect this person to represent the tribe. Okay? Don't just go and ask an old person because an old person doesn't equal elder, even though they are the, sometimes the eldest. Um, there are people that will misrepresent entire tribes just for a profit. They're humans after all. Okay? Look at the problem with Wampanoag natives and casinos. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> we just jailed another chief like a couple months ago. It's... it's um. You know, you got to you got to get a full idea of it. But I but, you know, it doesn't matter. They're going to come here and they're going to fucking say a bunch of stuff that is completely untrue. I mean, just the very idea that that's the headline. I've already wasted 28 minutes on it, but that's a headline in 2023. You should be ashamed. You should be fucking embarrassed. And quite frankly, Mr. Fugel, I know this isn't your baby, not necessarily, though. I think you're a producer on it. I'm not sure. But if you don't want people to assume that you're just some religious person there to steal the bones of the dead from an old fucking gravesite and then hang them up on your wall pretending that you have some sort of Jewish magic because those aren't really natives. Those are escaped Jews. Um, you might want to zero it in with headlines like this because everyone fucking thinks that. The only people that think there's a Native American curse here in this area are people that aren't really trying. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The only other people, like his, like the academics and stuff, when they when they hear that, the first thing they think is Mormon archaeologists is moving to Massachusetts to lie to people and probably steal artifacts. You're gonna miss out on most of those artifacts, though. We've put industrial buildings all over all of them. They're going to go investigate a Native American curse. It's one of the dumbest things I fucking heard in a long... I mean, seriously. 
They're going to go investigate a Native American curse. Everyone, oh, everyone knows. Oh, you know what you got to do? You got to bring in one of those European priests to come in and do like a fucking ceremony on the on the burial mound in order to get one of those savages and their curses off of us. Those fucking God, I call oh, freaking. I, I come from cowboys. It's just so fucking nuts, dude. These are these are real people claiming to be scientists. Travis Taylor is a real scientist, huh? A rocket scientist. Because you hear those terms together all the time. Rocket science. Um, but either way, what can you do? It's over. They won. They won. They won big time. Travis Taylor and Anthony or Andre Bustamante are gonna gonna come here and use his scientific analytical skill. I mean, his uh, CIA analytic skills. And Travis Taylor is going to launch a rocket at it, and soon we're gonna send Meta Comet back to that hellscape he came from. That son of a bitch. You ever thought you were going to come back as a ghost King Philip? Not on my watch, Trevor Taylor says. He's going to show up to Logan Airport, head south by about 45 minutes, and start shooting rockets at all the dead natives. Time to get these ghosts out of here and clear this place up. Am I right, brother? Come on. Please bring on some of that Mormon magic with you. I know you're not Mormon yourself, but since you love to in, 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 invoke it, you know, please bring it. We need to. There's just this terrible curse here, you know? Those fucking savages never. I, I, I mean, fuck, man. We can't. We can't get rid of those damn natives. We, we. I, I thought we killed all the natives, but now we got to get rid of their curses too. Fuck. So sick of Native American curses. Every day there's a Native American curse on me. I'm so tired of this shit. <laughs> hey, what's up, buddy? Thank you very much. Queefology, I appreciate it. I'll keep it alive there. I'm sorry I'm being such a critic, but I just personally get insulted by it big time. I just think it's a fucking joke. I, I mean, everyone in this area that has ever done and ever like taken it seriously recognizes that, oh, well, those stories are something. We'll try to we'll keep them in mind that this, this isn't a thing that people constantly report on. But one of the things that we've always tried to stay away from is the very fucking fake lab coat, big ass Indiana Jones hat, fucking picking you know picking a piece of grass off the ground and sticking it in your mouth and being like this is clearly an old ufo landing site and the natives are simply you know at best escaped jews from israel or possibly hybrid aliens i mean i hear that shit uh with ufology enough today i mean listen to what we have literally mormon archaeologists uh and i'm, I'm sorry if, if mr fugel hears this and gets insulted by it i then then it's his own fault because he heard all of our complaints he saw us i mean in fact he actually tried to interact with people for a long time he messaged me privately i, I don't know what for i literally saw he followed me and i just sent him a message that said why like that and you know and I, I remember uh zoltan said he would and that was interesting but i I don't get what they're doing here. I'm not interested in pretending that I'm like, well, I'll just be, I'll just be open to it while you destroy the legacy of the natives that lived here. There's no native American curse. There were some badass fucking warriors. There were some badass people. They were, they were amazingly kind. Some of them, some of them are amazingly evil and brutal. Some of the stories out of some of the um, uh, native war parties were so fucking brutal. It was insane. Meanwhile, their own father, one of them specifically, Metacom, his father, Massasoit, 
I mean, he loved the 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 uh, the, the people from the west, uh, the people from across the ocean. He fucking he literally the, the, the artifact trading and the admiration and the trading of natives and and they would literally trade. So they would send their white children. Sometimes we would send our native or their natives. They'll call them praying Indians. Um, if you want to hear a cool story, look up the Hobomac. Look up the Hobomac. If you ever watched Last of the Mohicans, the Hobomac was like uh, the Hobomac was like. Um, Pretty much either, either you can either go either way with it. He was either, uh, um, you know, the, the lead Huron native Magua, or um, of course someone like uh, one of the Mohicans, one of the one of those ones. As in, like they were, they would go and work with, or be a guide to, or, or help them understand the area. And the Hobomac was this native that was just this fucking complete badass. And you know. There's some legends that go along with them that you didn't want to fuck with them either, especially if you were a native and came to like steal from people that he was protecting, even like Europeans. And so look up if you want to find a cool story, look up the Hobomac. There's no fucking curse of the Hobomac, which is what they're going to say. The Hobomac was a, a, a false nickname they once gave a certain area where if whites would be walking down the road, natives would come out and snatch them up and drown them in the river in there or the swamp in there and take their shit. And so this kind of you know, scary legend started about walking past a certain area. And, you know, and for some at some point, the name Hobomac, as in the name of a god, Hobomac was this deity, almost like a skinwalker. It took the shape of many people, including dead uh, braves, um, uh, prey that got away or, uh, you know, unknown, scary spirit stuff and all that stuff. But really, it was a man and he was a fucking badass. And he was one native that will never remember, will never remember. It doesn't matter. But yet it's, he's one of the reasons why the United States are here in general, because it was uh, literally people that like spent their entire lives helping um, uh, the Europeans understand the area, understand trade. Um, and of course, you know, we took advantage of it when we when we could. But uh, it was uh, ultimately one of the more badass stories. And since this area is so well documented, Massachusetts Bay Colony, everything was written down. Almost everything was written down. You see like a lot of firsthand accounts. A lot of first-hand accounts, like natives going to war with each other because, like, how could you fucking go pray with them? You know, how could you go, how could you leave there? You're with them, and they would, sure enough, that, you know, two parties would come together and fight, and it would be documented, and, um, you know, let's smash the ice open and stick them under a type of thing. Some of favorite, some native favorite torture, torture stuff from out here. <laughs> oh, boy. They did some pretty fucked up shit. Um, and, uh. Well, it's pretty interesting. So go check that out. But uh, don't be surprised if you hear some more ludicrous shit from um, from the Skinwalker Ranch, uh, Beyond Skinwalker Ranch crew with Eric Bard, Tim, uh, Travis Taylor, and uh, and Andre or Andrew Bustamante, Bentama, whatever his name is. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be pretty insulted there. But um, it's just obnoxious. Yeah, I love this one. Some researchers have suggested that uh, the King's Philip War was actually a negative energy that was attached to this area that caused the war. It's called resource manage resource management, right? Like, like you recognize that you've come to a new world in a very harsh place, and only certain groups of natives are trading with you, 
You have more people coming. You need to establish more routes. The the the, the multiple governments across the across the ocean <clears throat> wanted people to explore. It was called we were killing people that lived here, and they were killing us. There was no negative fucking spirits that caused war. There's nothing responsible for war but human beings and their bad decisions. Okay. Now I'm not going to make any excuses for anyone. There were I mean, the the things that we the things that we did to each other were so fucking brutal back then. It's insane. I mean, we have first-hand witness stories from Masters Bay Colony of like people being turned into like you know essentially a sail, like their skin being taken off and hung up on a war party ship, a war party boat's going down the Taunton River right there in the wear of Taunton, Massachusetts, and uh, and you know it's like like vicious stuff. Does that make anything right that we did later on? What are you fucking crazy? There's no negative energy here. We're just a bunch of sick fucks. And quite frankly, I have never been um, surprised that the uh, the lengths humans will, will go in the darkness. Will go. I've seen it myself. I've seen it myself. Imagine being a wife of an IP Iraqi police officer and uh, suddenly um, I, like an Iranian operative or something comes into your town and starts paying people to kidnap the wives of IP, IP officers. Uh, the the fucking shit that they will do to women in other countries to get back at the husbands is dark. It's demented. They'll keep IVs in them to keep them alive so they can continuously torture them. It is dark. People are fucking sick. There's no secret dark energy of the devil over there causing a war in Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere else. There's nothing like that. It's a load of horse shit. It's just the darkness right up here. It's that, guess what's a lot easier? Shooting a gun than diplomacy. It's always been easier. Everyone acts like diplomacy is easier. Everyone loses in diplomacy. No, they, it's actually not true at all. People tend to win in diplomacy, and uh, it leads to um, a, 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 at least an attempt at diplomacy can be referred to in history as be like, we need to try this again. It was a lesson. Um, but quite frankly, most people know that the acts of diplomacy nowadays <clears throat> come with extreme sacrifices that are not ideal for your people uh when i'm talking about what addressing with a lower power rather than equal, uh, you know some sort of equal but um you know I, I don't know man the whole the whole thing is a joke and anyone who suggests that's an asshole um they 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 will fucking you know they'll come here and say the dumbest shit oh it's the ghost of fucking you know magua from the last weekends this year magua running around the magua i'll put the gray hair under the knife And when I put Monroe under the knife, I will put his seed under the knife. I don't remember the words exactly. All right. Can we move on to the next bullshit of the Grand Harvester of bullshit nonsense? Let's move on to the Grand Harvest, uh, the next bullshit thing. Here we go. We're moving out of the Bridgewater Triangle. We're going to skip away um, a few oceans away. We're going to head to the moon. That's right. Back in 2009, uh, um, a piece of equipment went to the moon and did a specific thing, and that was to um, map the uh, map the surface of the moon for um, hot and cold spots. Yeah, yeah, that's really basic. That's not really what they did ultimately, but of course, with with very uh, sophisticated equipment, they were able to tell um, the temperature of some of these interesting. Um, sinkhole looking things and re really what they believed them to be is to be uh you know uh, lava tubes that came so close to the to the surface that the roof of it broke away and you can see inside of it because of that 
there's a shade almost, right? You can kind of see. I'll bring up a photo here to look at, and we'll talk about what exactly happened. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, of course, is because what? Uh, you know, UAP technology will allow us to build a moon base. UAP technology will allow us to live in craters on the moon. Could aliens actually live on the surface of the moon now, now that we know new things like the temperature there? We've known about the temperature of, of the surface of the moon in many places for a long, long time. That's not new. What's not what's new is the recognition that that the weather inside or the temperature inside some of these sinkholes is remarkable and stable. Uh, we have uh, Devon Ear. What is it? Wait, I have the name. I'm, I just tried to remember it, but I'm sure I don't remember it. Give me a second. What is the name of the mission? Not Devon Ear. What am I saying? Decrypting lunar craters quickly with mars thermal imagery the 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 dev no it's not devonier what's that word the diviner lunar i don't know words that's the stupidest fucking name ever in my life 2009 the diviner lunar thermal imagery mission was sent off to go scan some of these places to get a better understanding of just the, the temperature inside the caves. As I said before, the readings came back um, after multiple um, uh, scans to, to confirm because the algorithm needed to be adjusted a little bit, I guess, after the first uh, couple loops around, came back with a confirming uh, to confirm results after multiple trips of 63 degrees Fahrenheit. And for all you people living somewhere outside of Mordor, that is roughly 17 degrees Celsius um, in the shadows. Okay, so obviously we see that if if there's a a good habitat that can be down there, the the normal temperature, and it's also protecting a little bit from the radiation, of course, is um, entrapping it a little bit, you know, with, uh, with, you know, bouncing in there and, you know, you know, how, you know, how photons work and uh, it's getting trapped in there. And so it's, it'd be a good place for scientists to set up shop and possibly work. Is that evidence? There could be life there. No, a temperature does not equal evidence. Um, and the very idea that people saw this and somehow decided to attribute it to Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things today. I don't know the leap they made, but let's look at the pictures together. I, I mean, seriously, we talk about that all the time. Like, how do people make these leaps? And one of them, of course, is, well, if the moon has caves on it that are 67 degrees Fahrenheit, then why the hell can we, why can't there be things living down there? Well, I guess ultimately speaking, we'd be shocked. Um... You know, if, if there was something down there that would, <laughs> we know it's protect from the radiation a little bit, but what about, uh, I don't know, what about the lack of atmosphere? Um, <clears throat> as you can see from some of these holes, 
They they do not appear to be craters, right? So they were noted right away. Like, Look at these things. These seem to be pretty interesting. There seems to be places on the moon, like 300 some odd places they've noted so far, that are just what lo what looks like a Hawaiian lava tube with the roof collapsed because we have a lot of those examples. And so right away, NASA gets working on ideas to get something down in there. Now, you know me. If I could choose to get something down into a hole. All right, I started that all off wrong. You know me. I would prefer to fly something in there. That's better. Um, good morning, everyone in the chat. Good morning, Spooky. There is uh, our afternoon. There is um, there are plenty of companies out there that have been making, uh, putting out announcements, right, for a couple of years now saying, hey, we're, we're making drones that can map caves on Earth so good. It's goddamn unbelievable. They will not crash into the walls. They will not disturb anything. They will map the thing. They will avoid everything. Collision avoidance is 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 like is the, the whole point of this damn thing. And they will pull it out of there just like a movie. We've seen it, right? What was that movie? Remember the Titans or something? What was it? No. Um, not remember the Titans. Jesus. What was that one alien? Aliens movie? It was like the last one? I don't even know. Covenant? No, it wasn't the last one. I don't know when. But the one where, of course... Uh, I don't remember the name, but what was it? It was a fucking, um, ah, it's going to drive me crazy. I got to look it up real quick. What was the name of that damn, it wasn't even an aliens movie. <laughs> I love this chat sometimes. <laughs> Moon trap. Alien Covenant. Well, I typed in Alien Covenant. Is this the one? I don't know if this is the one. What's the one where they fucking delay they, the, the alien stands up? They find they've been seeding the planet, you know, that one. Well, maybe it was Alien Covenant. Oh no, it's Prometheus. Prometheus. Ah, whatever. None of this. This story sucks. Um, I actually don't even remember. Is it Prometheus? Clangers. <laughs> um, no. Well, all right. Let's just jump back here real quick. Let's. Okay. This is a stupid story. We should stop going down the shroud. It's not going to make any sense to anyone but me. Uh, but jumping back real quick to what the original claim was we were even investigating was, um, was uh, these caves down on the moon that were uh, a certain temperature and that something could live there, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. It's not the case. But either way, we do see that there were a bunch of awesome experiments. And they are setting up a tube, um, are setting up a robot to go down there that isn't necessarily a flying robot, which was disappointing to me. I wanted it to fly. I was hoping that we're going to see like someone like the movie Prometheus, I think, where they like go into the cave and he releases two little Quidditch balls, whatever they are, and these things go flying around and also they have a 3D image of the cave. You don't really need drones to do that anyways. You can do that with lasers. Uh, but ultimately speaking, of course, a drone with a laser on it would probably do it a lot better. You know, like a drone flying around with total collision avoidance can be shooting laser rays off in all directions. And when those lasers hit the walls, they will, of course, bounce. Bounce off ridges and contour lines, cracks, holes, 
other other hallways. Those lasers will bounce and splash. And whatever they hit, of course, gets marked. Uh, the, the eyes of a robot are, of course, going to be better in the long run than the eyes of a human. Everything we ever developed really is a sensor that is a boost to our senses and ultimately replaces our senses because we can't trust our senses. But the idea that they're going to send things down to these caves is in my mind, just one of the most badass human endeavors ever. It's one of these things that we're, we talk about when we say, like, something that seems almost almost ridiculously easy, but we haven't done it yet, and it's still something we can do, and the world can sit and maybe not watch, but the world can take part in, at least in enthusiasm, and that uh, we will be putting a robot, a representative of humankind, into a mysterious pit in which you can go and explore underground you know natural cities if you will not literal cities but uh, you know a place that just when you look at what a sci-fi author would draw or, or come up with they would they'd be inspired by something on earth and it's like it's like it's just um to me it's a it, it's like the first time someone goes caving on earth and you have to and you say to yourself you mean to tell me there's a there's a place under our feet that you could fly a fucking 747 into. Not literally sometimes, but a 747 could sit in or something. And, and when you find out, yes, you're, 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 you know, your mind reels a little bit, right? I mean, caves are where we once lived. Not all of us, of course, but you bet your ass the majority of us and whatever, whatever we came from. It's one of the only places that you can naturally run to to protect from the elements, from the rather more visible ones like a bad storm coming and of course radiation um you know there is there is uh you know basically all our best information about the evolution of what we call modern human comes from the pit of a cave or a cave or an animal lived and used to eat us but either way all of our story comes from there we're going to send a robot a representative life into the lava tubes of another world to me, it's completely inspiring. It's just like I, I hope to God that we, we, we discover that, well, even if it's the best part of the discovery, the revelation is that these things are not only suitable to build in, but they're probably extremely safe in comparison to everything else. I mean, you got to remember the, the moon is not a fun place to be. No one wants to be on that corrosive shithole of a fucking plant of a, of a, a body flying outside of earth's atmosphere or in our solar system rather, but either way it would suddenly become more uh, hospitable, more badass if you could live in a fucking tube underground. Um, so let's quickly uh, just for a second here, bring this up. I know it's boring to a lot of people, lava tube caves on the moon. Twerps. Uh, but here's 16 new caves, 16 new caves discovered. And uh, the NASA Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter representative David Page said humans evolved living in caves. We might return to them. They believe this pay. Uh, they believe this due to the pits overhang preventing the area under it from getting too hot, which would represent why they keep confirming sixty-seven-ish degrees in the shade and uh, trapping heat from radiating out of the pit, and of course protecting uh, directly from uh, cosmic, uh, fairly dangerous cosmic rays. Not in, not in totality, of course, but direct ones that uh, would certainly probably feel like a big white flash in your head with a little bit of pain. Actually, what does it? Astronaut hit in head with cosmic ray. Cosmic ray visual phenomena. 
Uh, well, it's not, you don't see white. I just assumed it'd be like punched in the face. Anyone ever get punched in the face real good? <laughs> um, sometimes you just see a flash. While the cosmic ray phenomena may be the result of actual photons of visible light being sensed by the retina, the LF discusses also phosphine sensation. Runs along the visual path. Okay, so a lot of people think they only see in the light because they're getting hit directly in the visual, uh, the pathway to that cortex or directly in the eyeball. Interesting. Okay, I thought actually you saw white if you got hit anywhere, but either way, on lunar missions, astronauts almost always reported the flashes. Oh, okay, fuck. I knew I remember this from somewhere. On lunar missions, astronauts always reported that the flashes were white, with one exception where the astronaut observed blue with a white cast like a blue diamond quote unquote on other space missions astronauts reported seeing other colors such as yellow pale and green uh though rarely in in one instance other reported flashes are permanently yellow uh, red orange mostly just white okay 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 mostly spots dots supernova streaks stripes blobs and clouds and comet looking shapes going through their heads while standing on the lunar surface now you could probably imagine being in a cave offers a little bit of ease could you imagine that you're the one working on the surface for a little while like you get a job to do and like every 12 seconds you're just like oh 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 like you're not getting bit by a mosquito or something you're actually getting hit in the head with something that's destroying you they say it that that, that it's rather um, harmless to some degree, but I can't imagine that to be true. Oh, there was plenty of ground experiments to work on it. They worked on it back in the seventies. That's interesting. Have to look at that. All right. Either way, it's pretty cool to see that uh, that the let me uh, that, that we are planning something here. Let me just bring up this up real quick to check out what we got here. We're going to decryptify the moon craters in order to understand what it could be like down there. I mean, personally, I would love for us to go into a lava tube. We take a couple left turns, and sure as fuck, we see a bunch of fucking upright cockroaches. Corey, good Jesus, whoever else, it'd be great. But unfortunately, that's never going to happen. Uh, da, 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 da. kind of a race right now between the technology and actual machine learning since they say that they believe they can gain just as much uh, information back from outside of the caves right now as it's possible the tech the tech that's available so it's kind of interesting to see that there's always a race can nasa keep up i'm sure it's going to be a private company let's look up one of the uh, robots itself lunar volcanism natural pits on the moon expose deep cross sections of lunar marsh maria enabling direct investigation of the moon's volcanic history and providing potential access to subsurface lava tubes. The moon diver mission concept seeks to explore the mare tranquilitus tranquilitatus pit. <laughs> Nailed it. Which exposes the larger wall of bedrock of the mare pit. The concept is unable two innovative capabilities pinpoint landing near the pit and robotic access to its near vertical wall while an instrument package to examine the elemental chemistry. The first thing they want to do essentially is have a, uh, uh, so let's, let's take this bottle of double action Advil and let's say this is the coffee cup is the hole of the lunar surface where the crust is broken away. The roof has fallen into the lava tube itself. 
and um and down there we're assuming this uh you know the, the vulcanists are like oh, oh there's gonna be so many good uh revelations anyways so we land um we land the uh the the lander near the crest of near the pit entrance and then a robot that's fixed to the outside probably going to be in a sealed compartment but i wouldn't doubt if even part of its legs could have been part of the landing system will then break off the outside of this and into the pit i use this little rock for some reason on my desk um into the pit, we have uh, uh, this thing that's lowered down by a big cable, right? And it's lowered down the wall of the pit. Now, have you ever driven down the highway and got to a place where the highway cuts through a rocky, you know, a rocky spot? When you look at the rocks, you notice that there's a difference in color. They usually kind of start off and change over time or, or change uh, the higher or lower, you know, depending on which way you're looking. And of course, that's time, right? We know that geologists, they, the, the geologist time machine is any significant area that has uh, generations of, of, of Earth clumped and compressed on top of each other over generations and generations. So you imagine a, uh, a small little machine with very sophisticated um, uh, equipment on board that is going down a wall inside this crater now this is just the first mission i have no way are you serious i just rolled over my cord into this um the first mission would be um essentially a rover going down the wall so remember here's the pit like that right and the rover gets out of the landing thing and just slowly goes down the wall on the inside so here's the inside it just slowly goes down the wall scanning the wall now it's no different than a tim burchett transport and infrastructure drone that's hovering and looking at a bridge somewhere outside of dc for cracks and and stress uh stress issues it's the same concept, except this, of course, is going to look at the history of, uh, of volcanic action on the moon. Now, this goes. This isn't the first time we've checked out volcanic action on the moon. Who remembers um, Schmidt? Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out. Out there, I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Walking around out there, constantly trying to adjust his glasses and uh, picking up colored dirt on the moon. You know, the interesting looking dirt on the moon. Why would there be orangey looking stuff on the surface? Unless, of course, there was relatively recent to a geologist volcanic activity. Um, and, you know, it wouldn't be likely, but it's clear that to some degree the, that a lot of these lava tubes were created at the right right time and um and would lead to some pretty significant information below the surface um and to be able to look at those layers all the way down to where the actual lava comes out um 
you have uh, oh, the actual lava was, you have basically all the information that we're going to need right there in that first scan as to what it's going to be like under these things. If, if, um, if the roof did collapse the way we think, or if it was in fact a place where the lava was spilling onto the surface, though the surface doesn't quite match that. Um, there's a lot of information that might not seem too crazy awesome uh, to, um, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nearly covering any of it, but but uh, one of the best things about this, of course, is the very idea that we're going to be sending a UAV to another world, the moon, not necessarily another world, I guess, but to another place, another body to stand on, and we're going to lower a, a UAS down into that hole while scanning the walls, and then once it gets to the bottom, we're probably going to release it. I mean, maybe it will stay tethered. Maybe it won't. I don't know why it would continuously stay tethered with the technology we have. Because, again, it can drop. Once it drops to the bottom, it can literally leave a, a communication relay. There will be no trouble with relaying communication whatsoever if it leaves a you know solar-powered relay. Now, of course, we're talking about in the hole. So it would have to be outside of that shadow. Can it always be outside of the shadow? Well, no, because the moon circles around the Earth. The Earth circles around the sun. And the sun circles around me. Um, so it's like... The, the um you know the very idea that it's going to get charged there but it's only only a communication relay it's pretty we're to 80 meters down so you'd have the rover and full tether communication the whole time with the landing thing unless of course they do like a mars lander which is come down hover above the hole and fire something into the hole which would be cool but um uh i, I don't think that's how they're going to do it though they have proposed it one of the things is to land next to it lowering a tethered we, two-wheeled bot down the bottom and have it just go off and uh, you know battle bot with the other bots down in the hole or of course um to fire something down in there uh, a lot of people have suggested that it's gonna it's almost a guarantee to be a dead end right away so to to abandon to um to just ditch the bot in there like it's gonna go off and explore miles of tunnels is extremely unlikely they believe that in this area um, it's likely to have sealed itself up or something on the inside just based off the geological activity. So we'll see. Either way, 80 meters down. That's not a small little thing. 80 meters down? Holy shit. Um, is there a tethered 80 meter UAV we've seen an example of yet? Let's just say 100 meter tethered UAS on Earth. Let's see what pops up here. Alistar offers more than uh, 100 meter drones. We have Orion tethered drone series that offer 100 to 300. Oh, <laughs> okay, never mind. They are tethered drones that offer 100 meters of cable. We have plenty of companies that could do it already on Earth right now uh, with tethered systems. Is this the end of uh, of humans on? Is this is this the end uh, of humans on um, on on going to other planets? The answer is absolutely not. A lot of people have suggested, why don't we just send? I mean, me too. I'm like, why don't we just send all you know unmanned systems everywhere? But the fact of the matter is that um, even even with some of the most sophisticated quantum computing possible, they they realize that humans must observe these algorithms very closely for the even the slightest problems um and and obviously that you can monitor stuff from earth but the very idea that a technician or someone on the ground or someone that was able to sit down and work out these systems being there is going to have to happen for the first few generations now maybe this mission will be completely unmanned firing something down into the crater exploring it or even a tethered uh, uh, inspection 
uh, might be completely unmanned. But that this is only that to, to provide that that bell curve. That's it. it. It this is just one of many things that have provided a an image of a sustainable habitat on Earth. It doesn't seem like much, but and I know a lot of the conspiracy theorists fire off on it. But just think of what sixty seven degrees in a little habitat under the surface of the moon might be like. Might be pretty comfortable and safe. Relatively speaking, you don't have to worry about volcanoes. You're not going to get destroyed by a, a, a fucking a meteorite. Um, it's got to be comfortable. Uh, you know, you, you, you probably the 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 early days of, of building a habitat in a hole will probably come. Uh, you know, with literally building something down into the hole and having to exit the same way every time. Uh, an elevator probably, but ultimately speaking, it, you know, there's already ideas out there that you could essentially cap this thing off and in capping it off, you could use the blocked off other end to literally make an air almost not. Well, I can't guarantee this, of course, who the hell am I, but to essentially make an airtight, warm uh, chamber with a glass ceiling that allows even more of a greenhouse effect. And you can turn that heat into other stuff as well. So, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be big news for us on, on the moon and really, really, and possibly even, you know, offer um, a motivating factor to people who thought it was going to be way harder to put their money there or efforts there, uh, more ridiculous. People thought that it'd be better to just go to a moon or make a fancy space station in between here and the, in the, in, of the moon to, to jump off to Mars rather than the moon itself. But, um, you know, it's, it's, pr it's pretty cool. And, you know, they're, they're practicing right now with these things in Hawaii. I mean, that's not a quick instance. These sons of bitches, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we got to practice in Hawaii. But there's another sweet lava tube up there outside of the Aleutian Islands. We got to look at, I don't know if that's, that's not true, but we, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be obvious to me that I would be choosing Hawaii if I had to go anywhere. Um, the Hawaiian tubes give them a chance to not only lower stuff down into collapsed roofed circles, but also to um, to kind of explore beyond the moon. Uh, you know, one of the things we have to take into account for when you explore some of these types of holes is that there are all types of places on planet Earth that provide alternative like environments, of course, the same gravity, but the alternative like environments where the same situation occurs. There are already people that suggest we're going to discover um, other moons and worlds that might have liquid water subsurface that that still may have some a rather active, um, a lot rather ge active geological um, activity. So you may even see, possibly, which is unlikely in our solar system, but you may even see places like you, you see in South America or the Yucatan Peninsula, rather not South America, the Yucatan Peninsula, right? That's Mexico. Um, Right, Jesus, uh, and you what you know? Think of think of what happened when the you know, the, the the comet that destroyed the asteroids hit, or the the whatever the <laughs> that's not what I meant. The comet that destroyed the asteroids. Ah, comets versus asteroids. That was a good band. No, but uh, the uh, the asteroid that took out the dinosaurs, if that's what it was, I'm guessing I'm an idiot. You see that it hits the water. Uh, it, it sends so much shit onto uh, the um, into the old uh, lava tubes of. Um, of uh, the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, it, the, the surface collapses. It looks like a sponge. You can go down there and see all these blue holes everywhere that uh, that at one point connected to the ocean, and um, and now they're sealed off. And there's essentially another place to practice this. I know I'm this is boring the fuck out of everyone. I've lost over 12, 20 people. 
Um, either way, I look forward to it. As you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of UAS and to see that we're going to be putting another little robot on, on some other world and have it drive around and explore and send us back pictures is going to be fucking awesome. Our every single day, our ability to see and map new places becomes real. That This is just the run to finding alien life elsewhere. As a sailor... If you've ever sailed and you've ever been offshore for a while with the blows in your face and you have to get back to land, there is no getting back anytime soon unless you've got to motor up forever into the wind. But uh, you recognize that sometimes it just takes a long time to get there, even though you can see it. You can see the land. Maybe you can even see people on it, you know, but the wind doesn't let you there. The universe doesn't necessarily let you there right away and make it easy on you. But yet it doesn't change that you can still see the land. You know, you can still smell the activity. You can smell burning. You can smell flora. Heck, maybe you can even smell someone baking cookie. No, I don't know. Either way, uh, I, I truly have uh, high hopes that this is just another great opportunity for us to um, to learn how it's done nearby, get some practice in, find a world that has rather ridiculous biosignatures on it that is is beyond confusing from Earth, what it looks like and how it's, uh, it's giving off such um, interesting uh, uh, appearance through, I guess, tech and bio, and then send something there and, and, and get ready to do what we've already done. You know, and uh, this is just one of those times. I'm, I'm super impressed by it. People on Facebook and Twitter who are suggesting that because there's a, a crater on the moon that's 67 degrees means there's people living there, or that's where Hitler lives. Jesus Christ, didn't you already try that with the, Antar the Antarctic? The 130-year-old Hitler is not living on the moon. He's not living in the Antarctic. Shut up already. Moving on. Recon, let's watch a video together, get a little edumacated, and when we get back, we'll chat some more. Here, of course, is the story of vibration and resonance from the rotors of a helicopter. By the way, if you're interested, we have a helicopter flying around on Mars. Go check it out. What a little badass toy. If you're interested in more of this uh, crater explore exploration, I will leave all the links in the show below, all the notes, the links in the show notes below. And for now, let's learn a little bit about vibrations and resonance of the Bell H-13 helicopter back in 1959. What year is this? Either way, you know the deal. Hit that like, hit the subscribe, go over to San Diego Air and Space Museum, like, donate to them, do all that good stuff. We need to learn it to understand where we're at today. If we do not learn it, we cannot engage in the conversation on it. Let's go. Sorry for the audio. It's a little raspy, but do it. We can make it through. I'll be right back, Recon. I'm going to get coffee. What's happening? Bell helicopter has three main sources of vibration. The main rotor assembly, which operates at approximately three cycles per second. The tail rotor assembly, which operates at approximately 12 cycles per second. And the tail rotor drive shaft and engine and fan assembly, which operates at approximately 40 cycles per second. Each assembly produces a distinctive vibration, since each operates at a different speed. 
You can tell when all three assemblies are functioning properly by the normal vibration transmitted through the controls and airframes. And when any one assembly malfunctions, the resulting abnormal vibration helps determine the cause. The main rotor assembly, because of its large mass weight, causes the most noticeable abnormal vibration. Since it rotates comparatively slowly, its vibrations are referred to as low frequency. Some low frequency vibrations are two to one, but most are one to one. That is, one vibration or beat for each revolution of the rotor system. This one to one beat is felt approximately three times per second, slow enough to count and identify. One-to-one -one vibrations caused by a blade out of track are vertical and are transmitted to the entire fuselage. You feel an up and down vibration, usually in the floor or seat. It generally increases with air speed. It may not be present in hovering, but is present in all other maneuvers. Another check is to watch the antenna grommet and the door frame. If both vibrate vertically at the same rate, you definitely have a blade out of track. This vertical one-to-one -one should not be confused with the normal two-to-one vertical vibration sometimes felt during final portions of an approach. Any abnormal vibration should be written up as a discrepancy. Always note the flight conditions under which the vibration occurs. Normally, the difficulty can be eliminated by adjusting the blade setting and tracking the blade. One-to-one -one vibrations caused by the blade being out of spanwise balance are transmitted as a lateral vibration to the airframe. You feel the lateral in the floor and seat as a rolling or rocking motion. Also, the door frames will vibrate vertically, 180 degrees out of phase. When out of balance, this one-to-one -one lateral is present in all maneuvers, and its intensity does not change with speed. Sometimes this is a temporary condition due to moisture buildup in one blade. If the vibration persists after a normal flight, write it up. Caution. Never continue to fly with any severe abnormal vibration. If the blades are out of cordwise balance, a lift differential will occur on either the advancing or retreating side, depending on whether the blade is displaced forward or aft. This causes a one-to-one -one lateral which you feel while hovering. The lateral vibration increases with forward speed. And usually, one door frame will vibrate while the other door frame remains constant. Normal main rotor feedback forces are dampened by the irreversible. During your cockpit check, if the controls are too loose, the irreversible is loose. If the stick pressure is uneven, the irreversible concern has a high spot. 
When you are airborne, both irreversibles and bad dampers will result in a feedback when the stick is moved. The feedback is especially noticeable when entering translational lifts. The combination of ground and airborne symptoms will help you isolate the cause of the feedback. They'll check the irreversibles first. If they check out okay, the feedback may be caused by bad dampers. Faulty dynamic stop cables can transmit rotor system vibrations. If both dynamic stop cables are too short and you move the stick rapidly, you feel a brief two-to-one thump in the stick. If you over-control in hovering or in a sharp turn and feel a one-to-one beat in the direction of stick movement, one of your dynamic stop cables is too short. This cross-section shows normal engine sprag cables. If one or more cables is too short and you attempt to turn, a two-to-one vibration will be transmitted to the airframe. You feel it in the floor and seat. The direction of turn will determine which cable is too short. In your write-up, describe the symptoms. Don't guess at the cause. The second main source of vibration is the tail rotor assembly. This assembly transmits medium frequency vibrations at approximately 12 cycles per second. This is too fast to count, but it can be identified. You feel it in the rudder pedals and occasionally in the floor. You may also feel a binding, jerky response to rudder pedals. The symptoms could result from any one of several causes. Tail rotor blades out of track or out of balance. Binding pitch change controlling. Binding flapping hinge bearing. Worn or missing neoprene bumper washer. Or a malfunction in the tail rotor gearbox. Vibrations transmitted by the tail rotor drive shaft and engine and fan assembly are referred to as high frequency. You feel a very fast vibration or buzz in the floor and seat. Possible causes are faulty lord mounts, bent or missing fan blade, malfunction of the fan drive shaft, loose or missing fan assembly mounting bolts, or faulty tail rotor drive shaft. Another type of vibration originating in this assembly is caused by a faulty plug or magneto. You feel in the floor and seat an occasional intermittent vibration, and the nose will sometimes oscillate slightly to the left. These symptoms are especially pronounced with maximum power settings and are sometimes accompanied by a burbling sound from the exhaust. In analyzing vibrations, 
You first decide whether the symptoms are caused by internal malfunction or are induced by outside forces. Remember, a heavy-handed pilot can induce vibrations simply by erratic control movements. So can atmospheric conditions, such as a strong variable wind or severe turbulence on a hot day. A crosswind will sometimes induce tail rotor vibrations. If you are certain you have an internal malfunction, analyze the vibration according to its frequency and type. Remember, low frequency vibrations will be either two to one or one to one, low enough to count. Medium frequency vibrations are felt in the rudder pedals and occasionally in the floor. High frequency vibrations occur so fast you feel a very high frequency buzz, usually in the floor and seat. If your write-up is accurate and concise, the difficulty can be quickly corrected. When you encounter abnormal vibrations in various combinations, write up the easiest to identify first, so it can be eliminated first. then any other vibrations present. Remember, you should land and investigate any severe abnormal vibrations. Wow, super laggy, what the hell? the hell is happening oh stop 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 oh my god sorry autoplay right after so freaking loud um recon i'm back here we're gonna take another quick break I and mean, then that wasn't really our break we're gonna play some music from redstone sparta of course but i just want to say that you know we that you know the the things that they're talking about right there in that video are, are still being addressed today including on um, everything from like supersonic rotor blades that uh, that only can be found on a handful of aircraft on the planet, but it's something we still talk about today. Uh, and, and some of those new systems that replaced those things that we just dealt with, some of the some of the systems that mitigate those vibrations and also make the thing a heck of a lot more quiet. Um, we've covered right here in the show back in two thousand four rotor systems for tiny little um, drones used by the Navy and by the Air Force and Army were uh, getting. Uh, I don't think the Air Force is on that list, actually. But the Army and Navy were getting um, these new patented uh, systems put on board that the the blades, like, actually, uh, first off, they were even checking plasma actuators on the blades itself. But the blades were were doing, like, this night, like this rotation that, that made it so it automatically reduced all of that vibrating. But it took all the way from, like, then to 2004 to figure out a system that really replaced it good. And also, how many times have we spoken about if you get a single chip on your rotor blade, if you get if you get hit by a bird, even if it's like a freaking, you know, a hummingbird to, to your rotors, you should stop, even if you don't feel a vibration, because you are going to go down, not literally, but the, I mean, the helicopter crash stories based off of like a walnut hitting the fucking rotor blade are pretty real. And to see that they've been still trying, they're still trying to deal with that all the way to today. Hence, you see these protected, housed rotor blade systems now, or fan system, ducted fan systems that are, 
able to uh to uh, you know more thrust more organized uh thrust uh uh you know way better in the drag market but but at the same time there's there's their own their own pro- they have their own issues but we're gonna play some music from redstone sparta we'll be right back i'm sorry uh when i come back we'll chat a little bit more what's happening in ufo town and uh have you recently been unblocked by joe mergia it's not because he likes you. It's because he wants to rub it in your face soon if there's UFO disclosure, which I don't think he quite gets it. He's protected regardless. If he's wrong, of course, you can just say it's a cover-up. Everyone else has tried to stay falsifiable of the matter. Of course they could lose. That's the risk we took. Prove it. That's what we said. Not let's party. I'll be right back, Recon. Don't go anywhere. Um, here's a little uh, Dogs in Dirt from Redstone Sparta. Rob in the UK, thank you very much for sharing the music with us. Let's get it on. Computer's very laggy. What's happening? I can't see anything. All right, it's playing. Something is going on here real bad. I apologize, Rob, for messing up the, the music there twice. Something's happening. I don't know what the fuck is going on with StreamYard. Uh, let me try that one more time. Holy shit. What is happening? Can you just play the fucking song? <laughs> okay. Jesus. All right, here we go. It's just sitting there loading, loading, and loading. I apologize, Rob. Sorry about that. Everyone, here's Redstone Spotter, Dogs in the Dirt. I'll be right back. Stick around. Grab a cup of coffee. Have a smoke. Do some push-ups. Do some karate kicks. Get ready, Travis Taylor style.
Welcome back to the Charismatic Voice. I'd really appreciate it if when I click no longer autoplay, it would stop doing that. Yet there I am playing other people's shit. Uh, thank you very much, Rob, for the music. Welcome back to the show, my friends and weirdos out there. This is yours truly, Jeff Whitebear. Kingsbury, welcome back. Um. Let me just get right into uh, this the final story here. If you got a chance to see Lockheed Martin's new release video of them blowing up one of their Habs at uh, 231 PSI, well, let's look at it together real quick, and then we'll see if it reminds you of anything. And We'll go back in time just a little bit to revisit our friends over at Bigelow Aerospace. Check this out together, friends. Habitat burst test. We did it again by Lockheed Martin, who brags. A little bit uh, about this. It's not. It's not crazy here. They're just, of course, fulfilling one of NASA in their own stress test by scale, a scale model of their actual product. I'm not going to play the audio for obvious reasons, but um, the uh, they blow it up. They report. 
all the data they get back is interesting. They find out what's the issues with it, how much it can take, if it passes its standard, yada, yada, yada. There's benchmarks to these testing. You must make it to those benchmarks in order to commit again to another one. And of course, this is one of those benchmarks right there. The information back, it was able to exceed the standard by getting to 231. I think originally they wanted it to be a little bit less. But why are we talking about Habs? What's the point? Well, we're talking about living under a fucking rock in the moon. No, uh, habitats like these are looked at as a value or a uh, cost-effective and sturdy answer to the more rigid materials needed, like, say, what the ISS is constructed out of. Whole constellations could be created out of these Habs and separated you know, on demand. <laughs> um, the very idea that we have a very centralized system in place right now where basically all the work we've ever done is there is a terrible idea. I'm not talking about the satellites, of course, and the cloud shared data. That ain't going to be lost. But the very fact that the ISS, not just that has hall thrusters on it, it's staying out of the friction whenever it can, but ultimately it, it would come back down to Earth. Um, it's also very vulnerable to being struck by something and affecting multiple systems. Um, and it's... Uh, it's um it's it's an interesting method to take. I could see it like a giant snake going around the earth, all made up of these habitats. I thought it was a good idea when when uh, Bigelow was working on them. Of course, Bigelow wasn't the inventor of them. Uh, but you know, ultimately speaking, when you want to get into the aerospace game in a big way and possibly even win a NASA contract, it's one of the most cost-effective ways. Bigelow and everyone else has ever created one of these things has has made relatively a relatively good product in under like three months an actual physical uh model to start testing with and uh and and so they're a cost-effective way to possibly get in the game and bigelow aerospace won a contract and put one of these things in space remember um also they <laughs> one of the things that we propose kind of happens a lot but i don't know it to be true it's just something i suspect is that when these competitions are going on and when these things are won Oftentimes, because you have to report information to NASA or to whoever's funding the contract, as in these benchmark that you make, um, the the proprietary kind of product that you're producing, I mean, you end up giving essentially a good share of important data to someone who's also working with your competitors on multiple other projects. You know, that hires competitors, as in like you may be the Lockheed Martin hab test crew at one leader at one point. But then one day you're working directly for NASA, who's overseeing contracts for other products. I mean, do you have a little nepotism, a little favor, favorable uh, bias choice uh, decision making back towards Lockheed? I don't know. But either way, we've seen multiple times where companies like today will be working on something someone else is making and like usually a bigger, badder company is making it. Oftentimes, they have no connection. I don't know if Lockheed bought Bigelow or bought this product. I don't think they did at all. I think they just thought an inflatable habitat. I can do that easily. And since they don't have the best relationship with NASA anymore down there at Bigelow, I'm not sure. Looking at um, looking at why that is, um, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see that uh, you know Bigelow Aerospace once sued NASA because they gave up all this information to NASA. NASA never paid up. They had a long um, milestone leak test thing that we just saw there. That was a leak at 231 PSI and an explosion of the habitat. 
We have uh, Bigelow Aerospace uh, court documents right here with NASA in the lawsuit. Um, and uh, let me just bring this up for you so you can see. That way, you know, I'm not just, uh, you know, I've been accused of making shit up recently. <laughs> I thought that was like that. That's what everyone knew me not to do. But apparently that's what uh, that's what I'm doing as of late. Uh, so here you go. You can take a look at this. This is the Bigelow Aerospace lawsuit against NASA. We see their long duration leak milestone test right here. Uh, you can see, uh, you know, well, we can't see the entire contract, original contract with this. You can see them outline what they stated they needed during the testing, though. The general allegations suggest, if you'd like to read through, go right ahead. I'm not, I'll spare you that. But the general allegations uh, from Bigelow Aerospace was, we sent in this data. We did all this extra work. Then they decided to switch it up on us and say, hey, you need to send in more information to us. But they never paid them for any of that work, and it wasn't in the original contract. It's kind of a stalemate in the sense that, um, you know, I don't know why NASA would do this, but it was like, it's almost like if we're going to be in partnerships with each other, we need more than what you're giving us. And then Bigelow's like, well, you asked for this. And then it kind of came to this over a million dollar lawsuit. See here, remaining balance owed to Bigelow Aerospace is $1 million. That's the contract amount. This is by December 21, 2019. Bigelow Aerospace commenced with a scheduled LDD, LDL test in accordance with the contract, and NASA did not fulfill their end. So it's kind of a stalemate there. The one thing is for sure, though, is that they gave up a shitload of information about all their tests along the way, information that you could easily just use to compare with other organizations in the future, like the new test we just saw from Lockheed that is working directly on uh, multiple space program uh, space missions with um, with NASA. So you can imagine they have something to cross-reference. And, and whatever happens there, they don't have to continue working with Bigelow, even though one of Bigelow's Habs did make it to the space station, did it not? What year was that? Bigelow Hab Space Station. Beam, the Bigelow Expandable Activity Module. What year did that get up there? It will be on the ISS to 2028, starting in 2016. The Bigelow Expandable uh, Module. Activity module is an experimental expandable space station module developed by Bigelow Aerospace on a contract by NASA for testing as a temporary module on the International Space Station from 2016 to 2028. When the contract when the contract cannot be extended any further, <laughs> um, which you might you know we're seeing competitors recognizing that it's not likely that Bigelow is going to win another contract from NASA over the same product. Unless there's a regime change in that time. Well, Bigelow's quite old, so I don't know. But uh, I, I expect that you would see that this is the test craft module, not an actual aircraft by any means. It's just a little thing that is sent up to space on a rocket. And, of course, they send it out and uh, they expand it. They hook it on like a light bulb, and then it's good to go. Um, I expect to see another product optimized and refined and better by a bigger player. Um, and that won't make Bigelow none too happy, but either way, he didn't invent the product. It's also labeled for deep space. That's on all of the paperwork for both Bigelow 
Lockheed's new Habs and anyone else who's ever really made Habs in the last 10 years in any in any way or propose them. They say deep space on them. I think that's something we should note. Um, my first guess would be deep space, of course. The moon is considered deep space, I guess. It's not, certainly not near Earth. Um, it, by the grand scheme of things, it's not deep space at all. But the very idea that collapsible habitats could be sent off to deep space um, that would not be fully expanded while traveling wouldn't make any sense. It'd be risky. Some of them would be. Mining, right? Well, that would be the first, I'm guessing, in any way. Experimental mining missions in which there would be some sort of lab void of a human probably but a, some sort of system inside to do some automated work and then i don't know it just gets expanded uh, uh left behind and everything gets rocketed back to earth and some sort of appropriate trajectory i don't know but uh it's good to see <laughs> it's good to see that uh bigelow's work continues even if it's not with bigelow um, if you're interested in reading the uh, court case, the breach of contract alleged uh, by uh, Robert Bigelow, please check out the documents. I'll leave them in the show notes below. Um, <clears throat> must be weird to have your asset in space on the ISF and have to sue NASA. It isn't like anyone's taking it personally, I'm sure, unless, of course, they get in trouble for the reason why this lawsuit happened in the first place for not following regulations or not following uh, procedures properly. But... I mean, isn't that weird? You got to work with someone for another like 10 years. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Another uh, seven years. And you've had to sue them. I don't know. Is it non-human tech? I'm not sure. Rogue red-haired people in aerospace. That's the danger. Jeff feels at home in that picture. What? Zoltan says he ran from a bear earlier today. That's pretty wild. I've yet to run from a bear. I've seen him run from me, though, a couple times. Came around a trail one time, and one ran up a tree so fast, I couldn't believe it. It was just like, like the sound of it going up the tree was nuts. But it just went <laughs> running right up the tree as fast as possible. It's crazy. North American chimpanzees. That's what the black bear is. I hope everyone's well on the YouTube side. Sorry we bored the shit out of everyone and lost most of you. I'm glad the rest of you stayed. Um, you know, the Bigelow Aerospace lawsuit doesn't point to anything in my mind, but matching what it says on glassdoor.com versus, you know, what previous employees have had to say and what, you know, change of heart they've had in their life over things. Um, versus the shit that the people that once worked for him um, that are now major players in the narrative of ufology. Uh, you know, it, all of it to me screams like, what a nightmare of a, of, a, of a group to work for or work with, you know? I mean, for God's sakes... We, there's people out there that believe Lou Elizondo was actually running uh, interference for when these people tried to get special access because they believed that this would already be known to some degree, the folks from Bass back in the day. And um, 
the phenomena already be known about some degree, so they would run interference for it. Like, you, we're not going to give you access. We know what you're up to. But obviously, there was obvious other flaws for what was going on, how they were reporting, where they were getting their reports from, and things like that. Um, one of the things, though, is interesting about that is is the is that you know there are also other conspiracies we don't talk about them much here, but we don't really entertain something that has nothing to go off of it. But um, you know, how crazy would it be if? Um, How crazy would it would it be for a couple different things? One, for the knowledge that our defense department is always labeled, or our DIA is always labeled these folks um, at Bigelow, kind of an interesting group, maybe to be have like a yellow flag raised over their head to some degree, or the very idea that they exist in the first place, and why they have such bad reviews, and why he's such a you know the character he is, why. <clears throat> They got a contract with NASA where other people are already off. I mean, that that possibly Bigelow Aerospace itself is simply an asset to other organizations, if you know what I mean. But it'll be tough. People have uh, <clears throat> people that have worked in engineer or uh, in jobs rather uh, for the military as a contractor or like, you know, maybe they've done things like systems integration or things like that know that it can be it's a very different work environment it's not like you walk in front of a bunch of corporate people you can crack a few jokes there's a lunch and all this stuff you know to even speak to soldiers and officers uh about a product and stuff you got to go to a class you got to do things you got to learn how to present stuff it's just obnoxious as fuck and um and it's not the ideal it's not ideal it might be exciting for some people but for a lot of people it's a turnoff they're just like i can't believe that life why would you know why do why would life for the contractor be hard? Now, I can only imagine that gets worse if it's like a, a, a higher level of classification. And uh, and then when I hear about the conditions in which some people claim to have worked in for this fella and this company, it reminds me of, of like an organization that was almost like modeled after that, but it was like just completely hollow on the inside in the sense that um, there's a reason for it in other places, like there's a massive classified activity going on that could, you know, that could be really terrible for us if, if, if it got out. Um, and then the other, on the other hand, there's the, the company that wishes they were like that. Almost at one point, we're like that. Pretty spooky at one point. But, uh, but not that. Cosplayers. Having their, having their, having their employees go into a dark room after leaving the ranch and experiments to try to get the hitchhiker to, ch to chase them back there and stuff like, you know, things that we're thinking that they're doing in there is like some crazy aerospace production. But then we find out that they're doing nada to some degree. I mean, Chris Bartel shared a lot with us that time. Those, those times he was on the show and the things we've read over the years, it's just like that. This company seems like a front Never mind, money. I won't say it anymore. All right. <clears throat> De -de 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 -de. <laughs> Moving on. Go check out the um, unjust en enrichment, the uh, hab test, and the lawsuit, and the words, and the words of Chris Bartell as well. He's been on the show a few times. Been elsewhere, you know. See how his life has changed over the years. You know. See how his his feelings and and what uh, you know how he what he thought <clears throat> what he thought was normal versus today 
um, you know, and, and what what the what the folks he was working with kind of got away with and <clears throat> try to force his hand sometimes. It's a pretty interesting story. The guy's got a really interesting story. And the very and the very idea that those folks are leading the story, the the kind of conversation today from like a backseat position is concerning as fuck. That is so weird, you know. Just just consider that that the, all of these people, the spoon benders, all of that stuff from these companies that, that are allegedly trying to prove stuff. And we find out they really weren't to a large degree trying to do anything. They were just fucking, I don't even, it just, it was a lot of it was completely fake. It was completely fake. The stuff Chris told us and the stuff we heard other people say throughout the years. Now we're just like, what the fuck? You got a drunk guy seeing a porcupine talking about seeing monsters. You got people fucking faking UFO shit. You got, it's just, it's, what, you know, I'm not saying that there was nothing to what was happening there. I think I already covered that in the earlier part of the show about even some of the light phenomena that still occurs out here. And then when people see it, what happens? Um, I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts, the, this is as real as real gets because we've had, you have all this, you know, we, we gathered all this great information on it. I mean, what we know, or right, let's just ask yourself this. I know this is a little bit off, but we're talking about Bigelow here. Ask yourself this and be honest with yourself out there, Recon. Be honest with yourself. If you found out, like, in all one week period, um, you know, that the that, that the story of uh, I gotta get out of here, man. Shit, the story of uh of disclosure. How do I want to word this? Let's just say you know about all the inconsistencies, the lying about stuff, the allegedly going to really investigate stuff and not uh, people throwing away evidence, people lying about stuff, um, it, all types of shit. And uh, you just think if you knew all that and they said that the people that that originally gathered all this super robust information are going to bring it to Congress. Wouldn't you have a problem with it? Wouldn't you say like, well, pump the brakes. Why is this all happening? Well, why is it so many people are, are defending it? They're, they just have, have have they've left they've just literally taken like a handful of things and been like no this is all the good stuff we're gonna leave out all the fact all the all that we know about the lies for years and years and years didn't we think Bigelow was sending people to the ranch to gather extreme scientific evidence I mean we really thought that. Even with the book that we had to read and the people that are out there in small interviews or in our little groups, our chat groups for years, think about that. What did we think was going on over there? This episode of Strange Recon is brought to you by Liquid Death Grim Leafer. Iced tea, agave, and vitamins. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm never going to have a sponsor on the show at any real degree. <laughs> Anyways, um... There is, uh, there's no, I got to get out of here, right? I've lost most people, but I want you to consider that. I want you to consider that Grush is now going to speak by July 27th to a bunch of different Congress people. Grush is working with folks that were fed stories for years and years and years out of Skinwalker Ranch. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing to the Inuit Basin. I'm not saying there's nothing to the famous stories and legends and sightings that I've seen there, but I am saying the vast majority, 95% of it, bet your goddamn ass, was a load of shit, a truckload of shit. I'm going to get you, McFly, truckload size of shit, you know? And uh, I got to tell you, to see that that is driving this whole thing today is, is incredible. 
to see that the company that is in shit all the time, has some of the worst reviews ever, stood up and fulfilled contracts in some of the fucking goofiest ways that if it if, if, if it's not suspicious that there was one company ready to take a fastball of a of a of a offering from the government or, or rather to send a fastball of a bid to the government uh for for something um any more like any quicker any more suspicious uh, to a friend harry reed and bigelow a friend just the whole fuck come on guys is it a legitimate company Is it a legitimate company doing legitimate work? Fucking Comb Keller out there, trashed, drunk off his ass, talking about fucking portals. Let me see the portal. No, I've I've got to be the one. I'm the one to saw the portal. Yes, yeah. They are the punch the portal. And just you know, the portal. The portal. All right, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, I gotta get out of here. Uh, please go check out this Bigelow lawsuit with NASA if you're interested in reading it. Of course, it has nothing to do with Skinwalker Ranch, but if you look at if you put the, it at, if you put it on a list of anecdotes in the timeline of Bigelow, and this isn't even anywhere near far back in history. This is from 2020 fucking one, or 2019 to 2021. Um, you, you have yourself a story of a company that is kind of a mystery. If it wasn't for real estate, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. There's no way they're turning profits out of guys going around in rooms with night vision on and EVP detectors and stuff and, and, and recording equipment and trying to talk to the hitchhikers following from the ranch is going to turn a profit. I don't even fucking understand anything what's going on with these people, but whatever. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and the Irish... I'm just kidding. Everyone knows that. Uh, everyone knows that my great, uh, great, great grandfather um, had a couple of Irish setters. I love Ireland. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm a huge fan of Ireland. I've gone there a bunch, and I love it. I've spent many a days on the road between Drangan and Tipperary, all the way up the coast. Oh, yes, you think we're third world people up here, don't you? Oh, oh, you think we're in the third world, don't you? I looked over and said, well, you got AC, don't you? The only thing different about Ireland and the United States is that we just ate a whole loaf of bread while having a five-minute discussion and drank 15 cups of tea. Why did that just take place? I'm just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kittens, I got to get out of here. I love you all. You know the deal. Do me a massive favor. Hit that like and subscribe. Share the show if you want. I mean, I don't know why you would. The show sucks. Uh, unlike, punch me in the face, unsubscribe, and remember, I'm just a... And I quote once again from Genesis. Well, we're waiting.
been on a lot of shows, but there's no better crowd than this right here. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I still think you came out here just to cover your ass. <laughs> Don't make it sound like a fucking fat, plumpy, delicious cock. <laughs> Why are you gay? This is I'm gay. You are gay. Hey, Recon, you know when you've started taking too many meds? Well, when you start referring to them as scripts.